And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Welcome back. I'm Tom Laurie. In the world of sports, clutch players are easy to identify and celebrate. Everyone knows who they are. Those are the ones that can be counted on to get the big hit, the big catch, or the big basket to change the momentum of a game or to get the win. These are what sportscasters called impact players. They do not exist only in sports. They exist in our companies, other organizations, and throughout life. I can bet that you know some of them in your own life. What makes these impact players tick? How did they become impact players? What are the rewards that accrue to impact players? How can you be an impact player? And what can you do to build a team of impact players? Our guest mentor today is researcher and executive advisor, Liz Weissman, who has given this topic great thought and after two years of research has shared her learnings in a new book called Impact Players, How to Take the Lead, Play Bigger, and Multiply Your Impact. It builds on her best-selling book, Multipliers, How the Best Leaders Can Make Everyone Smarter. Welcome, Liz, and uh, welcome to The Mentors. And let's start first, um, since this really uh, was rooted in multipliers and things that happened as you went around talking about multipliers. To provide some context, let's uh, share with the audience again what multipliers, what the premise was, and what happened afterwards that led to your recognizing the need to write, had to do with your curiosity, which led to the book. Tell us a little bit about the backstory. Oh, well, I guess about 12 years ago is when I wrote this book, Multipliers. And, you know, it's about a type of leader who brings out the best in others. And, you know, they're leaders who use their own intelligence and capability in a way that provokes intelligence and capability in others. They're leaders around whom, you know, we do our best thinking, we do our best work, we're fully engaged around. And then I studied those leaders as compared to leaders I called diminishers who might be really smart and capable themselves, but they, and they have a way of shutting down other people and they, they struggle to build really capable and intelligent teams because they tend to be so focused on their own intelligence and capability. And then I looked at how leaders can accidentally diminish the people around them, meaning with the very best of intentions, they end up shutting ideas down. And as I spent 10 years trying to help leaders lead this way, um, you know, maybe I'll go right to this defining moment where, you know, I was running this workshop and an engineering manager at Salesforce kind of raised his hand like he had something to dispute about this idea. And, and he said, oh, yeah, I get it. I want to be a multiplier leader, but you can't multiply zero. And I was so struck by this because my first reaction was, what is he saying about his team? Like, I've got a bunch of dummies on my team. Like, I can't do this. But what he was saying is, yeah, I get it. As a leader, I need to bring the right mindsets and practices that allow people to engage and contribute and play big and have an impact. But don't the people who work on my team also need to bring the right kind of mindsets and practices and it got me thinking about that. You know, I'd spent all these years looking at the leadership practices, but what about the contributors part in this equation? And, and I became really interested in, you know, what, what are the contributors that are having the biggest impact? What are they doing differently than everyone else? And how do they show up at work? How do they practice? How do they contribute? How do they play in the moments that matter? And it was really this inquiry that led to this research in the book. And you've got several categories that you came up with, the under-contributor. So we provide context for the rest of the show. 
you've got the under contributor, the typical contributor, and then the high impact contributor, which mm. is the impact player. Mm. What what are the differences between those three groups? And I guess as you walk through this, each of us can probably identify where we stand and where we fit. Mm. Well, that was the essence of the research. So I went out and interviewed 170 managers in nine different organizations. And for each manager, we asked them to identify two different types of contributor. The typical was someone who was smart and capable and hardworking, but was, you know, doing well versus the impact player who was smart, capable, and hardworking and no more smart, capable, and hardworking than the others, but their work was having this enormous impact. And then we also asked half of them to contrast an impact player with what we called an under contributor. And this to me was like the tragedy in the research is studying really smart, capable, hardworking people who seem to be doing all the, like, they have all the raw ingredients, but yet they're not having an impact. In fact, they're not even meeting expectations. It's like, what was going wrong there? And what, what I found in short was that these typical contributors, they were, um, you know, they, they took ownership, they did their job, they followed direction, they were focused, they carried their weight on teams. They did all these amazing things, which seemed to make them these ideal contributors, but they were stellar in ordinary times. And what was at the most fundamental level, what was different about the impact players is the way they handle um, the extraordinary times, not moments of crisis, but what I called everyday challenges. And there were these five situations in particular that they handled differently. Um, Messy problems, unclear roles, unforeseen obstacles, moving targets, and unrelenting demands. And as I looked at these situations, I'm like, wow, that's, that's, those are the kind of challenges we face every day and everywhere, regardless of where we work. And they handle them differently than others, rather than sort of pull away from the uncertainty and ambiguity of those situations, they tend to dive in, like dive into the chaos, um, similar to how a surfer would dive into a massive oncoming wave rather than do what I would do, which is sort of turn and panic and try to get away from the wave and end up tumbled in the surf. Well, when we come back, we're going to continue the discussion. I want to ask some questions about a little bit about the under contributor as well. And just the contributor and sponsors and mentors, uh, which I don't think you get to a lot in the book, but they're very important in this whole uh, recognition process. So we're going to be back in a few minutes with our guest mentor, renowned leadership coach and best-selling author, Liz Weissman. We're talking about how you can become an impact player and work in life. The Mentors is now in its fifth year. Make sure you don't miss future shows. Subscribe at our website, thementorsradio.com. That's thementorsradio.com. This is Tom Laurie, and you're listening to The Mentors Radio Show. Hi, I'm the executive producer of The Mentors Radio Show. Usually I'm behind the scenes, but I want to tell you about something special. If you're an entrepreneur like me, you need steady energy and focus. Here's my secret. I rely on science-backed, high-quality, bulletproof collagen protein and other bulletproof products. My sister told me about it. At feelgreat.vip, you can learn the health journey of Bulletproof founder Dave Asprey. Find out what sets these products apart from the rest. Nothing can replace the advice of your medical doctor, but good nutrition can absolutely enhance your mood, energy, and focus like it did for me. The demands of business, not to mention important time with family and friends, make steady energy so important. With more than 1 million fans, 1 million fans, I'm not alone in recommending Bulletproof. Go to feelgreat.vip. That's VIP, like very special person. Feelgreat.vip to learn more. Better life, better business. Hi, I'm Christoph Nauer. I'm a certified business and life coach, helping business owners increase productivity, profits, and improve personal life. I'm the founder of Balance Six. Money, health, relationship, time management, self-improvement, and higher power. I coach business owners to work smarter, not longer, to have time for better personal life. I hold you accountable for making time available to balance six, to nurture yourself and your relationships, and making more money 
with less stress. Get off the hamster wheel and I will show you the secrets to real success. In case you're wondering about my accent, I came from Switzerland more than 30 years ago. But I assure you, my coaching will be in excellent English. Visit our website at balance6.biz. That's balance6.biz. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and I'm with leadership coach and author Liz Weissman. She's sharing with us the secrets of impact players, those who can be counted on for making things happen and work in life, and how we can become an impact player. Remember, you can also listen to the show or any other show via podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, Google, and more on any device, anytime. Subscribe at thementorsradio.com. So we talked about the differences. And I, I want to get into this uh, one group, the under contributors and contributors. And I, as I read the book and learned about this through you, you know, one of the things that's pretty important in all of this, and I think this comes to building a team of impact players, is um, recognition, pushing people, sponsors, mentors. I mean, there's a whole raft of things if you really want to build a team. Maybe you could just talk a little bit about that from your own experience. And I guess let's start out. Are you an impact player? <laughs> and if so, who identified you as what? Mm, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily see people as impact players versus contributors or under contributors. I see their mindset and their way of working as an impact player mindset or, or not. And so what that means is like, there, there are times when we tend to work this way and then there are times that we fall out of it. And, you know, I think for large swaths of my career, I've had this impact player mindset and I don't know, you know, I don't know that I brought that entirely to my career. I think I had some basics of that, but I landed in an environment that really gave people a lot of elbow room a lot of room to, to make decisions, to decide where to put your energy, to sense important things that were happening. And so I feel like I got to start my career off really knowing what it feels like to have a lot of um, accountability and responsibility and impact. And for me, it was absolutely the kind of bosses that I ended up working with. And, you know, we find that the best leaders like I can boil this book multipliers down to two words, really, you know, here's what I've learned studying the best leaders is that they create an environment that has two, two elements, two dynamics in equilibrium. And one is safety and one is stretch. So the best leaders create an environment where you feel like safe to raise your hand and say, I can do that, you know, safe to experiment and try to do something a little bit, you know, reach a little beyond your capability, uh, safety meaning you belong, that you feel like I'm an important member of the team and my work matters. But, you know, the best leaders don't just create a great place to work. They create an environment where people also are invited to do their best work, but really in some ways expected to do their best work. That's the stretch part, you know, because no one wants to work for a boss that's all safety, no stretch. But no one does their best work when it's all stretch, no safety. And I feel like I landed an environment that provided both of those dynamics in equal measure, which is what people need to kind of get out of this mode of just doing my job, doing the things I'm asked to do, taking leadership responsibilities that I was asked to take on versus, hey, you know what, Liz, if you see something that needs to be done, do it. You know, like if you see something, say something. Hey, if you see a problem, don't wait for me to ask for you to uh, go on it. Like, go after that. And bosses who recognized me for doing that. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. This is Tom Laurie. We are with Liz Weissman, the author of Impact Players, who can take the lead, play bigger, and multiply your impact. So as you were talking, uh, I was thinking about my own experience and I'm coming back to the mindset issue. 
because you're distinguishing between the person and the mindset that they bring to the table. And I grew up in a corporation, a uh, large corporation, American Hospital Supply, which is merged with Baxter. And they just pushed you and pushed you and pushed you and threw you into things and did things. And so it was really a sink or swim. Uh, I, I won't say it was an unsafe environment, but you certainly had a chance to explore and do lots of things. And then I found when I came out to Silicon Valley, uh, because people come from other corporations and get into these startups, uh, there were people I saw that had tremendous potential. And I would go, you know, we really need to promote Peter. We ought to give him more things to do. And the, and the manager would go, you know, they're just not quite ready. They need a few more years of experience. And uh, I see that as uh, limiting a, a lot of people. And I, I found that sometimes I'm working against that. Is, and, and, and I'm sure the individual had the mind, not the individual doing that. I mean, that gets into the stretch part. Uh, have you seen some of that as well? I mean, it's- oh, my, oh my goodness. You know what, Tom, this is the story of my career. Really. I think I was probably, I was into my forties before I actually had a job I was qualified for, you know, may, maybe my very first job out of college, I was remotely qualified for it, but every job I had at Oracle was a stretch was, was in some ways an irresponsible stress. Like I remember when they asked me to take on the, and, and, you know, be the head of Oracle University, the corporate training organization, I thought, you know, I am like 24 and a half years old. I like, this seems like an adult job. And you know, I remember asking my boss, I'm like, are there no adults around available to do this? Because it seems like a job that should be done by a mature person, like with gray hair and, you know, a little bit of a, some weathering on their face. And I'm like, I'm a kid. And I was given these opportunities to kind of explore what it was like to work in this rookie zone. And I was so fascinated by my own experience and noticing that other people actually tend to do their best work when they're a little bit underqualified, when the job feels like a stretch and a reach. And so I actually went out and studied this. Um, I was sort of I was having a conversation with my publisher about an idea I had for a second book. And, you know, I went on into a rant about, oh, man, I've just always been fascinated by how we tend to be at our best when when we're new to something. And in some ways that there's incredible power in not yet knowing how to do something. And she's like, Liz, that might need to be your next next project. So I actually spent several years looking at this and it does. It tends to revoke uh, a learning mode and humility. And we tend to ask questions. We tend to seek out mentors. We, you know, and, and we're, if we can project like a sense of I'm an, I'm a learner, but I'm an intelligent learner. Like it activates a mentoring gene in others and people want to guide us and help us. I think it's a great point. Uh, I love the phrase irresponsible responsibility. What was the word you used? Irresponsible. I think I said irresponsible levels of responsibility. Yeah. I I just love But I felt like I was given. But this is an important point and something uh, for me personally, it's near and dear to my heart about, and you talked about safety and talked about stretch and the stretch with safety is a great thing for people if they can get into an environment. But now let's flip it around. It goes back to the senior managers or the uh, supervisors or ever not uh, to allow this, to create this environment, right? Oh, it is. I mean, in some ways we find people who show up to work with this impact player mentality, which is one to say, you know what, I'm not just going to do my job. I'm going to figure out what's important. And I'm going to do the job that really needs to be done. I'm going to find problems and fix them before I'm asked to do it. I'm going to take ownership, not just to get something started, but to see things through even when it gets hard. You know, I'm when work becomes difficult and hard, I'm going to find ways to make work light for everyone rather than ask for help. Now we find people who come into the workplace with this mentality in such degrees or or in such strength that in some ways they could work for almost anyone and they would be able to make make a difference and have an impact but 
the job of creating an environment where people can do that really sits squarely with the leader. We're going to come back and talk about that later after this uh, short break. Uh, We'll be back in a few minutes with our guest mentor, Liz Weissman. Remember, you can now listen to our Saturday broadcast live anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio by clicking on San Francisco's KTRB, 860 AM, The Answer. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentor Show. A lifetime ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For McGuire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as McGuire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi-award winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at oathbook.org. That's oathbook.org, oathbook.org. Here at Mentors Radio, we've been working hard to help you succeed in every way possible. That's why we're proud to let you know about our newest find, BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com links you to a credit processing company, Cornerstone Payment Systems, that truly shares your ethical values and that can give you lower rates immediately. They don't just say it, they prove it to you. Their commitment to ethical behavior is rock solid. For example, unlike most other credit processing companies, something you may not have known before, Cornerstone refuses to process any porn-related business. They're not newbies either. The company we recommend has more than 50 years experience and provides 24-7 in-house support. See what they can do for you today. Go to BetterCreditDeal.com. That's BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com. Ugh, Bob, I'm so frustrated. Sorry to hear that, Sarah. What's going on? I feel like I'm spinning. I I make goals to make money, work less, spend more quality time with family. But the truth is, I never actually achieve these goals. Year after year, I try to do things differently, but ultimately nothing changes. What's the point? Yeah, I did the same thing until I saw a friend completely change her life in less than a year. I was shocked. She sounded just like you a year ago, but not anymore. Wow, what'd she do? She decided to work with a Brian Tracy certified coach named Christoph Nauer. Certified by Brian Tracy? He must be good. Even better. He guarantees results. He listens. It's very customized to you. That gives me hope. As a listener of The Mentors Radio, you get a free one-on-one Take My Time Back session. Don't wait. Go to balance6.biz. That's balance, the number six, dot B-I-Z to book your free assessment. Balance6.biz. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and I'm with leadership coach and author Liz Weissman. She's sharing with us the secrets of impact players, those who can be counted on for making things happen at work and life and how we can become one. So I have a question. Um, To grow or create a culture for impact players... Is it important for me to be one as a leader? Is it important for the leaders? I mean, it seems to me there's some kind of transference uh, from their own experience to. You know, I'm, I'm going to say no. This is a really, this is an interesting question and it's a tough question. Here's why I'm going to say no. In, in the work that I've done studying the leaders that bring out the best in others, you know, kind of leaders around whom, People play at their best and play at their biggest, you know, using all of their own, their, you know, full intelligence and capability is that we find that leaders who need to be really big themselves struggle to build a team that's operating at full capacity. Sometimes like they're playing too, too big and the rest of their team 
is playing small. Now, let me share, let me share an example. This is something from um, Irvin Johnson's uh, junior's life, Magic Johnson. And, you know, I heard him recount this experience he had as a young man. He's a phenomenally talented basketball player. And he's a high school basketball player at the time. And his coach says to him, Irvin, every time you get the ball, I want you to take the shot. So he does. And he scores a lot of points, but the coach loves it because he's this really coachable player. He's doing exactly what he's been asked to do. His teammates love it because they win every game with this, you know, phenom on their team. And it's going on game after game after game until they get to one. And, you know, they'll win with, let's say, 54 points on the board. And he would have scored 50 of those. But, you know, he's being celebrated. And then there's just one game they win just like every other. And after the game, celebrations come to an end and the players are leaving the gymnasium with their parents. These are high school kids. And young Irvin notices the faces of the parents who of course came there to see their kid play, you know, and they got to watch the superstar in the making and it really got into him. He said it really shaped him as a leader and he made this decision that he would use his God-given talent to help everyone on the team be a better player. And it was, you know, he was playing so big, nobody else had to step up. And, and so, you know, if you think about the way he played, it wasn't like he kind of played small. It's not like he said, okay, I'm going to be most inspirational and I'm going to like cheer for my team on the sideline. He showed up with all of his talent, but he did it in a way that allowed other people to bring their full capability and talent as well. And it was actually this nickname that, you know, this, this orientation that earned him this nickname of magic. You know, the sports writer from Michigan said he, he raises the level of play of every team that he plays on. So I want to go, like, with that experience sort of as a backdrop, I want to go back to this question. Do you have to be an impact player to build a team this way? Well, it might help because you understand the mentality, right? but it might hurt as well because it might be that your inclination is to jump in and solve the problems yourself. It might be your inclination is to take on that extra workload and that, you know, we find that leaders who play really big and they continue to do so after they've moved into that leadership role end up causing other people to hold back. So does it help? It certainly should. Could it hurt? Absolutely. So I think we have to really watch, like, how do we know when to show up big? And when do we step back and use our own talent and capability to create room for other people to show up big? It's like, we have to know when to turn that on and when to turn it off. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. We're with Liz Weissman today, and we're talking about impact players. So what, when you're talking about magic and that example, what, what are the rewards that accrue to those that have an impact player mindset? Mm. Well, this is one of my favorite parts of the research. Um, well, for starters, it's that the value they create is seen. And the managers estimated that the value created by the impact players relative to under contributors was 10x. The value contributed by impact players relative to typical, ordinary, kind of like rock solid contributors was three and a half X. So the work you, you're doing is perceived as valuable. But what happens is that value that they create, it sparks this investment cycle, which is like, wow, I gave the ball. So we'll stay on the sports metaphor for, for a second here. Like I gave the ball to that person and they scored you know what, I'm going to give the ball to them more often. So they get handed uh, the most critical, the most important work and gives them visibility and recognition. They get trusted with the most mission critical um, and dire moments. And so their responsibility levels go up. And some people use that to sort of ascend in the org chart, like take on bigger jobs, bigger leadership jobs, have a lot more influence. Some people use that greater level of responsibility to have more control. Like, oh, you know, I don't want to be a manager. You know, that's 
that's that's for people who can't do the work. You know, I just I want to be a contributor. I want to be a superstar. And they've now earned more right to control their schedule, to decide what they work on, when they work on that, and to really have control over the way that they um, make a difference in the world, really. Yeah. And when we talk about impact players, and I wanted to make sure we touch on this, it doesn't always happen, have to happen or be in a corporation. When I think of life in general, and I'm involved in some nonprofit activities and other things, there are these people that just show up and you just feed them more things. They just kind of run with the ball. So this is really, and also within the family, I think you can be an impact player within the family. It's oh, absolutely. And, you know, I saw, um, I saw a tweet out on Twitter, just, I don't know, maybe half an hour before we started this conversation. And it was a leader in a school district who had, I think read the book or something and said, we want, we're trying like, we want impact players in this school. We want students to come out of this process feeling like they can make an impact in the world. And I think it's important right now because people crave impact and coming out of this pandemic and the great resignation that's happening, you know, we're dealing with this burnout epidemic. People are burnout at school, they're burnout at work. And there's a tendency to assume that burnout is a result of working too hard and to scale back. Okay, let's give people time off. Let's let people take sabbaticals. But I wonder, you know, is burnout really a function of too little impact, not too much work? And I can tell you all of the research I've done looking at leaders who either cause people to step in and do work that's like tiring, but exhilarating versus leaders who create an environment where people are working hard, but not having an impact. And they say, I feel tired and frustrated and exhausted is that when we work hard, but we are making a difference, work is exhilarating. But when we're working hard, but running into walls, we burn out. And so I think it's really important to understand, like we fix burnout when we give people more impact in their work. We're going to come back in a few minutes with our guest mentor, renowned leadership coach and best author, Liz Weissman. We're talking about how you can become an impact player in work and life and avoid burnout, I hope. This is Tom Laurie, and this is the Mentors Radio Show. Hey, professional business women. I know how busy your life is. To look your best, nails matter. The good news is I can save you a lot of nasty, chemical-smelling nail salon time. Just imagine a perfect manicure in just minutes at home, even while watching TV. No dry time, no smudges, no streaks, and your new manicure will last up to 10 days, often longer. I'm talking about 100% real nail polish. Yes, real nail polish, including top and base coat, all in one, that can gently be stretched for a perfect custom fit. Gorgeous, vibrant colors, soft pastels, gentle glitter or can't-miss designs and nail art. You have options. For about $12 a set, you can even get some free. Choose your colors or designs. Receive them in about three days. Done. Everything you need is included. Polish easily removes and does not damage nails. Check it out. Nailsforme.com. Nails, the number four, M-E.com. That's nailsforme.com. Hi, I'm the executive producer of The Mentors Radio Show. Usually I'm behind the scenes, but I want to tell you about something special. If you're an entrepreneur like me, you need steady energy and focus. Here's my secret. I rely on science-backed, high-quality, bulletproof collagen protein and other bulletproof products. My sister told me about it. At feelgreat.vip, you can learn the health journey of bulletproof founder Dave Asprey. Find out what sets these products apart from the rest. Nothing can replace the advice of your medical doctor, but good nutrition can absolutely enhance your mood, energy, and focus like it did for me. The demands of business, not to mention important time with family and friends, make steady energy so important. With more than 1 million fans, 1 million fans, I'm not alone in recommending Bulletproof. Go to feelgreat.vip. That's VIP, like very special person. Feelgreat.vip to learn more. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. 
We're with Liz Weissman, and we're talking about how you can become an impact player and work in life. So I want to cut, get uh, back a second, and we're talking about the rewards that come with it. And I think one of the things, and I think I know, this whole idea of not focusing on self, how important is that? Well, this is really the most important thing at the root of impact players. So you might think, oh, people who have a lot of influence and impact and who are creating a lot of value would be self-directed, um, self-driven, and maybe self-oriented. Like, hey, this is what I want, and I'm going to go after it. And we found it was exactly the opposite. In fact, of the 170 impact players that I studied, not a single one of them was a prima donna. Not a single one of them was a bully or even a bull in a china shop, like kind of pushing things through over other people is they were, they were serving where they were needed. And, you know, one that really struck me, someone that maybe some of the listeners may know, Monica Padman, who is the co-host of the Armchair Expert podcast, along with Dak Shepard. She graduated from college with a theater degree and a PR degree, and she kind of went out to Hollywood in pursuit of becoming an actress and a comedian, and she's getting some small roles, and she's working, you know, kind of as a waitress and part-time and sort of like trying to find her way into Hollywood. She gets an assignment on um, House of Lies where she plays the on-screen assistant to um, Kristen Bell. Well, she gets to know her. They strike up a conversation. She finds out Kristen has children. She says, oh, I do babysitting. It's one of the things I do like part-time. She offers to babysit. Kristen takes her up on it. You know, she babysits a few times. She becomes sort of important to the family. And she sees how busy Kristen is. And she's like, oh, hey, you know what? Do you need some help with scheduling? Oh, yeah, I do. And she's, of course, very tempted to ask this A-lister from Hollywood, Kristen Bell, like maybe if she could help her get roles on screen. But instead, she finds the things that the that Dax and Kristen need. They're a you know, married couple. And she just offers to help. Oh, can I help you with scheduling? Okay, you've got too many scripts to read. Hey, can I sort through some of that and pull out the ones that I think? And she starts adding value in a way that be, she becomes so essential. And, you know, she then is asked if she'll work full-time for them. And she's like, oh, that seems like a detour in my acting. But, you know, then there was an opportunity to create a podcast. She and Dax Shepard would sit on the porch and argue about things. And he said, hey, let's build a podcast out of this. And now she's a co-host of one of the most popular podcasts out there. And it's not because she pursued her agenda. It's she figured out what was important to others and where she could serve and add value. And that just led her down a path of opportunity. And it's so indicative of what we find with these impact players is they are looking for what's important to their clients, their bosses, their stakeholders. And they make that important to them. They, they work passionately where there's a need rather than try to push their passion on the organization. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. This is Tom Moore. We are with Liz Weissman, the author of Impact Players. So the acronym you like to use or use is WIN, W-I-N, what's important now? Yeah. So one of the things, I mean, as I, I one of the, it's one of my hot buttons. I learned a long time ago the Pareto principle really has uh, it's real. I, I don't, you know, twenty percent of your revenues or eighty percent of your revenues are going to come from twenty percent of your customers. Eighty uh, percent uh, of the value that you're going to create is going to come from twenty percent of your effort. I mean, it's a way of looking at things and help you sort this out. What's important now? And we often get distracted by what's not important, the 80% that produces the 20%. So I know this is a big issue for impact players. They have a sense about focusing on what's important now. Well, I'll tell you, my time in the corporate world, 17 years, has taught me that the things that are written down that are important are not a complete list. Like there's usually something else that's important. So, you know, the impact players are sensing in the environment, like, okay, I see 
what the quarterly objectives are. I see what the strategic direction is. I understand that, but I'm also watching where there's action and momentum. What are the things that my clients seem frustrated about? What are the things that my boss you know, talks about a lot and seems to value? And I'm going to put my energy there. So they figure out the win and then they get in on that win. Like, okay, if that's what's important, where where does that overlap with where I have skills and interest and energy and they work and serve where they're needed, but to do it, you have to put some energy into figuring out the win what's important right now. And let's talk briefly about how impact players deal with uncertainty and messy, messy problems. <laughs> well, they dive right in. And, you know, when I kind of pulled back from all the data and all the research and looked at these five practices and five situations that really differentiate the impact player, there was an overarching difference. And it was how they respond to uncertainty and ambiguity. And it seems that where others look at these situations that seem chaotic, uncertain, a little risky, and, and try to pull away from them, impact players look at those and they find opportunity in them. So where other people might be looking at a situation through a threat lens, the impact player is, is wearing opportunity goggles. So like, I'll give you a concrete example, um, a bee. Like, you know, some of us might look at a bee and go, ooh, where I see a bee, I see a swarm of bees. I see like a potential attack and I run the impact player sort of by metaphor with the bee. They would look at that same bee and say, mm, you know what I see is I see an opportunity to make honey. And so I'm going to build a hive. So in all of these situations that the rest of us find a little uncomfortable, like it's icky, it's a little scary. I'm going to pull away from them. They move in because they're finding an opportunity. Oh, roles are unclear. That's an opportunity for me to provide some much needed leadership. Ah, you know, unreasonable obstacles just dropped in our way, things out of my control. Well, maybe that's an opportunity for us to do things a little differently and break a few rules. Opportunity goggles. That's moving what targets. Mm. Oh, well, with moving targets, like, okay, that's, you know, that's a little out of my control for certain, but that moving target, that's really an opportunity for me to stay relevant. Like the world is changing around me. That's an opportunity for me to build new skills rather than double down on old skills. So all of these things that you've just gone through and talked about uh, is a mindset rather than an obstacle or a, a, a wall. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity mindset in some ways, isn't it? They see, they see things differently. And, you know, in some ways, it's when we get into these icky situations, it's just recognizing, oh, I'm finding the threat in this. And indeed, they're scary situations. Can I stay with it just a little bit longer till I find an opportunity for me to add value? We're going to come back to finish up with our guest mentor, renowned leadership coach and best-selling author, Liz Weissman. We're talking about how you can become an impact player in life. You will find all of our past shows, show notes, and links at our website, thementorsradio.com. That's thementorsradio.com. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio Show. Better life, better business. Hi, I'm Christoph Naur. I'm a certified business and life coach, helping business owners increase productivity, profits, and improve personal life. I'm the founder of Balance 6, money, health, relationship, time management, self-improvement, and higher power. I coach business owners to work smarter, not longer, to have time for better personal life. I hold you accountable for making time available to balance six, to nurture yourself and your relationships, and making more money with less stress. Get off the hamster wheel and I will show you the secrets to real success. In case you're wondering about my accent, I came from Switzerland more than 30 years ago. But I assure you, my coaching will be in excellent English. Visit our website at balance6.biz. That's balance6.biz. 
A lifetime ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For McGuire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as McGuire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi-award-winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at oathbook.org. That's oathbook.org, oathbook.org. Here at Mentors Radio, we've been working hard to help you succeed in every way possible. That's why we're proud to let you know about our newest find, BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com links you to a credit processing company, Cornerstone Payment Systems, that truly shares your ethical values and that can give you lower rates immediately. They don't just say it, they prove it to you. Their commitment to ethical behavior is rock solid. For example, unlike most other credit processing companies, something you may not have known before, Cornerstone refuses to process any porn-related business. They're not newbies either. The company we recommend has more than 50 years experience and provides 24-7 in-house support. See what they can do for you today. Go to BetterCreditDeal.com. That's BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com. And now... Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie. I'm with leadership coach and author, Liz Weissman. She's sharing with us the secrets of impact players, those we can count on for making things happen at work and life, and how we can become one. So we're going to switch gears and talk less about impact players and more about you in this final segment. And I'm curious, what is the role of family uh, and our history in life in terms of our preconditioning, if you will, one way or the other as an impact player? Mm, Well, this is a little out of my expertise professionally, but I can tell you what some of my personal observations are is, you know, that our family can help, help us see that like either we're in control. I think our, our, our families often set the expectation of how much control do we have and how how much initiative can we take to make things better? That's a good one. And who uh, were some of your mentors along the way and what was the best advice you ever got? Uh, well, you know, one of my mentors in college was uh, Jay Bonner Ritchie, who's in his uh, older years now. And one of the things he told me is like, the job of a leader is to manage ambiguity. And so I think I entered the workforce knowing that ambiguity wasn't something to be avoided. There's a job to be done. And by being willing to sit in the company of ambiguity, I could provide leadership. So he was certainly a mentor. He also taught me that, you know, the great value of seeing things through the eyes of others and, and perspective taking. Um, you know, I, I landed into Oracle and had a number of amazing leaders. Um, Phil Wilson, who headed HR, who, who just pushed me to do work I didn't know how to do. Uh, Ray Lane, Oracle's president, who gave me big, hard things and never once rescued me. Never once decided I was a damsel in distress and I needed, you know, him to come along and and do it for me. And I asked him once, I'm like, Ray, how come you don't rescue struggling people? And he said, Liz, you know the answer to that. I'm like, I guess I do, but I want to hear you say it. He said, because if I jumped in and did their job, it would be two failures. They would have failed. And then I would have failed because that's a failure of leadership. And it's one of the things that I learned is that part of your job as a leader, a parent, a mentor is to is to be able to stand back and let people experience the full force 
of their mistakes and to have the wisdom to know like, okay, how do I size that challenge big enough that they'll make some mistakes and learn, but how do I size it small enough so they don't experience catastrophic life failure or career, career failure. And, you know, it was something I learned to do. In fact, uh, someone later described working for me and they said, oh yeah, Liz will stand back and she'll let you fail. And at first I was like, oh, is that an insult? And then I realized it was high praise. Like to be able to let someone else fail is the same mentality we need to let somebody else experience the full measure of their success. Like, no, this is your success. You did this, not me. And where do you find encouragement? Oh, for me, I find, oh, I have a very encouraging and supporting husband and family and mother. But for me, I find like encouragement and peace in my faith. And, you know, I'm a devout Christian. And for me, opportunities are God-given, talent is God-given. And I kind of operate with the sense that uh, the Lord's not going to give me a challenge that I cannot, I cannot handle. So if I'm handling it, it must be because I can. And finally, what as you've met a lot of people in your life, the thread in life that ties together those that you've seen that have the most joy and peace in life, what is that thread? Oh, that is so simple. The happiest people I know are people who spend their lives in service, who tackle big problems and are oriented on others, not on self. Well, that's great. Thank you very much for joining us. We've been talking to renowned leadership coach and best-selling author, Liz Weissman. We've been talking about how you can become an impact player and work in life. We will be posting a link to Liz's books, both multipliers and are just released impact players, thementorsradio.com. When you're there, make sure you subscribe to future shows. Again, it's thementorsradio.com. Join us next week at the same time for the next edition of The Mentors Radio. Until then, this is Tom Laurie signing off for today. Remember to be all that you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the dark. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.